Hey everybody, it's Kelly Cooper and welcome to episode 244 of the Life Made to Order podcast. Letting the outside world off the hook for your happiness. And this is obviously a topic I've talked about a lot. This is a spirit, sort of a spiritual type idea that you've heard probably a million times. It's probably one of the core teachings regardless of the particular thought system or teacher. This core idea of uh, your happiness is not going to be found in the outside world. The problem is not the outside. It's it's always within the mind. Everything we seek uh, emotionally, can't. we're not going to get it from getting things outside or changing the outside in any way. It's going to come from changing our mind and changing our thinking. That's where it all lies. And this is a very, very valuable teaching. And because we've heard it so much, it's become cliche, like many of these profound teachings, and they, it kind of loses its impact, it loses its power, kind of gets filed away with all the things we learn and we know now, right? We love to talk about everything that we know already. I know that already, and I, that can't be the problem because I know that, but it's probably, you know, all the all of our main problems that we're struggling with, I guarantee you already know the answer to fix it. But again, because these things become cliche, because we still do this work largely from an intellectual space of just gathering this knowledge, it doesn't really permeate deeply. Uh, again, we know a lot of these things, but they're not these these new ways of thinking, these ideas, these interpretations, these points of view, these perceptions. They're not really informing our thinking, they're not informing our decisions, they're not informing how we're relating to other people, they're not informing how we're viewing the challenges in our life, uh, they're not informing our view of ourselves, and because the, the, we're not really doing anything with this information practically, it's not really having much of an impact in our life, and this idea of letting the outside world off the hook for your happiness, it's a very worthwhile idea pursuing it's a very worthwhile idea to think more deeply and to work on internalizing more deeply because a lot of you might have seen in your journey what happens oftentimes is you learn a lot of things you're aware of a lot of these ideas uh, on an intuitive level you you ultimately know that they're true but again we're not really deeply internalizing them we're not really contemplating them we're actually pretty resistant to embracing them because even though we understand that believing these things and thinking that way would make a very profound impact on our life we also see value in the egoic counterpart the egoic thinking of for example in this it's always like usually the opposite of that thought so the egoic you know counterpoint of this thought is the outside world is what will make you happy you do need to have certain things to be happy and we see again we see value in the egoic thinking so we are resistant to adopting this new way of thinking we see some sort of negative to doing that it seems very scary in some way we are not sure what our life would look like if we really thought that way and that unknown is scary so but yeah, this is an idea. If we really start contemplating this, and like I was saying before, like you might have seen, you've you reach a point where at some point a particular teaching, a particular idea, you just really latch onto it. It really starts sinking in. You're really like, oh, this really is true. Oh, if I real, this really is true. Nothing outside of me can make me happy. Wow, that's a game changer. Wow, it really is true that other people aren't responsible for my feelings. Game changer. Wow, it really is true that the only problem is within my own mind. 
Wow, it really is true that the core of this work is nothing more than just conscious choice between two thought systems. And every time I choose the spirit thought system, like I refer to it, whatever you think of all these teachings as, wow, it's every time I do that, I build a momentum and I really start thinking that way more genuinely. And it doesn't become just some idea that's, you know, I've intellectually accepted or appreciated, but I really think that way. And I'm really looking at things through that filter. So this idea of the out, letting the outside world off the hook for our happiness, really contemplating that idea. Imagine really believing that. Imagine really making a real effort to stop focusing there and looking there for everything you're seeking. So ultimately, at, at the end of the day, what you're after are feelings, right? That's all we want. Everything we want is because we think it'll make us feel a way we find desirable. Everything we don't want, everything we don't like right now, is because it's making us feel feelings we don't like. So we want these things to go away and change and, and be different. But if our feelings ultimately are coming from our mind and our thinking, and that, again, that's an idea. Once we really start internalizing that, it's like, oh, if what I feel is ultimately coming from what I'm thinking, my points of view, my interpretations, my stories, my belief system, changing the outside can't give me what I want because my thinking's inside. My thinking's my mind. Just changing my circumstances really can't give me what I want. Sometimes I might get what I want and there's some kind of temporary boost. I get some relief from some negative feelings and that feels good. That's another thing too would think about it. If you really think about any, a lot of times when we appear to achieve a positive emotional state from an external happening, Number one, you probably notice it's usually temporary. It kind of fades after a while. And then a, a new want or a new thing takes its place to, to quell the feeling. But what you probably notice is a lot of times what we're experiencing is we're not really a lot of times experiencing a true positive feeling. We're experiencing relief for varying degrees of time, maybe a few hours, a few days, maybe a few months. We're experiencing relief from negative feelings, and that's very desirable because operating from pain minimizing mode, that's ultimately what we're actually, egoic mind is after. It doesn't really care about cultivating true positive emotion. It's more like, I feel anxious, I feel stressed, I feel fear, I feel anger, I hate myself, and I need some relief from this. So think about, for example, if you really think about these moments in time, what you're really experiencing is relief from a negative emotion, however temporary. And that's, again, to the egoic mind, that's very intoxicating. That's very desirable. You were stressed about money, and then you needed money, and a client or a product sale came in right in the nick of time. Now, in that moment, were you truly happy for the client, or were you truly happy for the person buying your product? Or, were, or was that good feeling <sighs> relief of like, I was so stressed about money and then this money came in right in the nick of time and now I don't have to worry about paying that bill. It's like, oh yeah, that's a very different feeling. And we don't want to settle for just relief of negative feelings, right? Because then, you know, that's really not, um, over the long term, that's not really going to get us far. But anyway, I went off a little bit of a tangent there. But anyway, right, this idea of letting... The world off the hook for your happiness really contemplating imagine really trying to do that really believing that wasn't where the answer was think how differently you would feel right now with nothing needing to change first you'd be able to feel a lot better right now without anything external needing to change
Nothing, the problem you have right now doesn't need to get solved. The thing you don't have right now doesn't need to show up and you could feel better right now without anything changing first. So many things right now that you are relying on to feel better don't need to happen anymore even. No one needs to change. No one needs to do anything differently. No one needs to make different decisions. No one needs to treat you differently. It would be like, yeah, because all I care about is feeling better. So if I can embrace a point of view that would allow that to happen right away, that's kind of worthwhile, I think. That's worthwhile pursuing. And what got me thinking about doing this podcast in particular was I was, you know, like I mentioned to people, I read A Course in Miracles and I read a section every day. And I, this was a section I read a couple of days ago, but it kind of stuck with me. And I wanted to read it to kind of illustrate, you know, what I was talking about with the idea of letting the outside world off the hook. Anything in this world that you believe is good and valuable and worth striving for can hurt you and will do so. Not because it has the power to hurt, but just because you have denied it is but an illusion and made it real. And it is real to you. It is not nothing. And that idea, you know, again, this idea of nothing outside of you making you happy and all of that attachment with the pain that can come from attachment. Again, right. None of that's new, but in that moment when I was reading it, it was one of those moments where that just the way it was worded sunk in more deeply and not so much because it was saying, you know, and the way it was saying, not so much the idea of, you know, don't strive for anything in the outside world because it, it can't make you happy. What it was actually saying all of that striving all the things that we value as good and worth striving for and valuable actually has the power to hurt us. And a lot of you might have experienced that with um, getting something you wanted and then it went away and then the pain of having it go away. Thinking certain things are valuable in this world and because you didn't get them or they're not these things you think are valuable or important in your life. They're not going the way you think they're supposed to be going and it hurts you. Like I said before, right? The boy, the relationship or something, right? You had something you wanted and it went away. You value something, you think it's important. And then again, if it doesn't go the way you want or it doesn't, it, it, it hurts us. We have, we live in this, you know, illusory, this, you know, the egoic mind with this illusory thinking that all of these things outside of us matter, that it truly matters. They truly have value. And when we think these things have value and all these other things happen where it doesn't work out or we don't get them, it hurts us a lot. So letting the outside world off the hook for our happiness is, again, it's a very worthwhile idea to consider, to really contemplate this idea more deeply. And not just, yeah, 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 and file, again, file it away with all the other teachings that you've learned and, and all the things that you know. Because it's one of our biggest pains in this life. If we think about, because if you think about all of the, your pain right now, if you were to look at where is this pain coming from, it's almost certainly going to be something external. Something you don't have, something not going the way you want it to go. Think of uh, family, like think of like relationships. You're upset because you're single and you want a relationship. You have certain ideas about how family are supposed to be and you feel great pain about how your mom was as a mother, how she raised you. You think sibling relationships or this sort of relationship is supposed to be a certain way. People are supposed to, uh, they're obligated to behave in a certain way. They owe people certain things and they're not giving you those things. 
you have a belief about what certain relationships are supposed to be like, and because they're not like that, you feel pain and some sort of loss. You think siblings are supposed to be close, and you're not close with your sibling, and it pains you because you think something is going wrong. You're, you're, you're missing out on some sort of experience that you're supposed to be having. Think about, again, other people's a big one, too. You're... You think things are supposed to be a certain way and the decisions that your child is making, you think they're making the wrong decisions. And you're very emotionally invested in their life and you're stressed out because you think they're taking the wrong path. They're not doing what they should be doing. They're making a poor choice and it bothers you. What other things do you value? What, are, what do you value? Where, where in your life are you upset because things aren't the way you think they're supposed to be? where people aren't being who you think they're supposed to be and they're not doing what you think they're supposed to be doing. You value, you think a success and a lot of money is important so that your business isn't super, super successful. You feel bad about, feel badly about yourself. You think it says something about you as a person because you don't have a lot of money, right? That cliche, like somehow we conflate uh, net worth and, and self-worth or uh, net value or whatever and personal value. Obviously, we know uh, part of us knows that's not true, but again, we have a lot of conditioning that says certain forms of worldly success, having a lot of money, that's we value that because we think, again, it says something about us as a person. We want people to view us a certain way, and we think that because we lack that success, that we're not being viewed in this more favorable way. We worry, what do people think about me? And there's pain, right? Because we value the money, but then you don't have the money. We value certain types of success and, and, and status, but you don't have that success. You don't have that status. So then you feel badly about yourself. You uh, think about value too. The things that we value, it always has the potential to cause us pain. We value looking a certain way. We value youthfulness. Most people, you know, as we age... You know, in our world, we believe that the body ages and changes. It's a pretty powerful collective belief, and we see it manifest. As we get older, you know, we don't look as attractive maybe as we did when we were younger. We gain weight or get wrinkles. Things get a little saggy. Things aren't as perky as they used to be. But because we value youth and beauty and we think it, a good body is valuable and important, when we don't have that great body, when we're not as attractive anymore, we suffer a lot. I know men, I'm sure to some degree, but especially women in a lot of cultures, because it's very women, it's more conditioned, I think, to look a certain way than men. And think about the suffering that comes from that, from valuing, looking a certain way and valuing youth and beauty. We all age. We don't stay young forever. You know, sometimes I'll be on Facebook and I'll get a memory into my, you know, I'll see a memory from, you know, 10 years ago or something like a long, and I'll be like, wow, I look really different. I was a lot skinnier. My face looked a little like, you know, just my facial structure looked different. And I'll be like, you know what? And I'll always think about how even at that point in time, I, I would criticize my body and think I was ugly. And I'm like, I looked pretty damn good. I was like, I was pretty hard on myself. And that's a good example, too, of thinking the stuff we value. A lot of times, if you look back at a point in your life where you had something you don't have now, but something you value, and at some point in time you had it, if you were to think back at that point in your life, where if you were to think, if you were to ask yourself, 
did having that specific thing, was that some direct contributor to my happiness? Did I wake up every day thinking I'm so happy because I'm skinny? I'm so happy because I don't have a double chin. I'm so happy because uh, I don't have wrinkles. I'm so happy uh, because of this or that. We'd probably be like, no, not really. I might not have been upset about being overweight because I wasn't overweight at that time. But again, were you truly, was this thing you value having that thing at that point in time? If we were to ask ourselves, was I truly happy? Did, did I directly attribute my happiness to that thing, to my thinness or my youth? It's like, probably not. It was probably just something that was. You might have been super, like I say with me, you might have been super critical of yourself at that point too. And you're like, no, I actually wasn't any happier when I was 30 pounds thinner. Even then I was thinking that I was too fat. Or there was things I didn't like about my, my body. And it's like, oh, yeah. So that's another thing, too, about letting the outside world off the hook. If you were to think about it at some point, a lot of you, when you had the thing that you don't have now, was, I, was that a direct contributor to my happiness? No. Like with me, with my body, there was a point in my life where I was quite thin. And I wasn't trying to be. I didn't go on any sort of strict diet. I remember I became a vegan. And I I was still eating quite a bit of food, though. But for whatever reason, my body just responded to that change in diet. I just lost a whole bunch of weight. And I was thin, like, where I felt like my thinness was like a defining feature of my physical appearance. Because people would often comment on my thinness. And, again, it wasn't something I was trying to achieve. I wasn't, like, setting out to lose some uh, amount of weight. I remember I weighed 108 pounds. That was my, my lowest I ever weighed, you know, it's pretty thin. And again, it was like a defining feature because people would always be like, oh, you're so skinny. You're so skinny. How'd you get so skinny? And again, I wasn't trying, I didn't go on any super crazy diet. I wasn't trying to be thin. It just, my body just, again, naturally responded to that diet with, and I ate plenty of like nuts and salad dressings, drenched salad. Like I was eating fats, but whatever, again, right. I was just very skinny and over time, you know, I didn't maintain that level of thinness. I'm not that thin now. And I would see those pictures and I'd be like, wow, look how skinny I was. But again, when I look back at that period of my life, it's like, okay, I might feel more upset now because I'm heavier. Or I'm not as thin, but I wasn't, I didn't wake up those, those years of my life, that thin, super skinny period of my life. I didn't wake up every day being like, oh, I'm thin. I'm so happy. Look how beautiful I am. I'm so skinny. No, it was just something at that time. It was just something I was. And it was just, you know, so letting the outside world off the hook for our happiness. Think about, you know, cause like I said before, think about everything you're upset about now, how it's linked to something external. I'm upset because I'm aging. I'm upset because I'm not as skinny as I was. I'm upset because I, you know, I don't have a lot of money. I'm upset because I, I didn't reach a certain station in life or, I had all these plans and I didn't accomplish any of these things. And now I feel like I'm less than a per I'm a loser. All these things that you have don't have that you want. How much pain, how much pain is valuing all of that causing you, right? It's like not having a boyfriend or having trouble losing the weight or you don't like, you think your job is like this or you think you want to live, you know, you think you value living in a certain type of place and you have a small apartment and you wish you had some big house, whatever. It's like, where? imagine letting all of that off the hook for your happiness and realizing none of it lies there. And I know one of the reasons we're resistant to doing this is because, because we've spent our whole life being so externally focused 
as far as managing our feelings, trying to get stuff we don't have that we think will make us happy, trying achieving all these goals, get this goal that we set a new goal, this never ending list of goals, stepping up your game, doing it, you know, not resting on your laurel. And it's always out. It's always something outside more and more and more. And then all the things with, again, external focus of, again, trying to manage our feelings with trying to prevent certain things from happening that we don't like and don't feel good and trying to control everything and everyone and manipulate and cajole and scheme and troubleshoot, strategize constantly, right? This constant exhausting of managing the outside. If we spent our whole life thinking that the outside is what matters and then realizing it doesn't, it could be a bit of a depressing thought at first because it's like, okay, I spent all this time looking for my happiness, the one place where it's not going to be found. I truly, a part of me really does, if, if the outside world doesn't matter to my happiness, what's the point of doing anything then? That can be a little depressing too, right? It's like, well, what's the point of trying to achieve any goal or accomplish it? What's the point of even existing here if the outside world can't make me happy? But again, this thinking, we have to remember these thoughts are coming from an egoic mind, which has a very screwed up thought system. So it's thinking again, it's like this idea that, well, if the outside world can't make you happy, it draws this dramatic conclusion, like, well, what's the point of anything? It's like, oh yeah, that's, that thinking is coming from kind of a screwy place. You could still, because the thing is about this, when you start letting the outside world off the hook, number one, if we think about LOA, sort of teaching like attracts like uh energy and vibration just fancy words for feelings the emotional shift that comes from genuinely trying to do that in a meaningful consistent way that can't help but work out wonderfully for you manifesting wise because think of all the resistance you have now that comes from hating where you are now lamenting what you don't like Focusing on what you don't have, feeling badly about this thing or that thing, wanting to control everyone, feeling like you need to control everything. Like, it's like energetically, that's a huge shift, number one. So it will be this idea that your life will stop turning somehow if you stop trying to like make everything happen constantly or aren't constantly working towards getting something. That's not true. You actually enjoy the world a lot more when you're not trying to do that. You'll enjoy, for example, Business is a good example of this because it tends to be a, an area of life where we are pretty attached to certain external outcomes. Uh, it's a pretty action-oriented area where we feel like we need to do a lot of things to do our business, whatever, all the different actions that comprise what, our job or our business or whatever. So you'll still probably do certain things. Like you'll still have your business. And I talked about this in the last podcast too, right? The only goals worth setting are emotional goals. But, it ma- but when the motivation changes for why you're doing what you're doing, whereas before all the passion got drained out because it became solely about outcomes, solely about getting money, about getting clients, getting recognition, getting more followers on social media. And all you cared about was all these external results. And this thing you might have started out loving doing became this heavy chore. You can reset and recalibrate with that. And of course, there still might be ego part of you that's like, yeah, I'm trying to make money, but that the ego concerns are a natural byproduct. So we still get all the things our ego seeking without making that the primary top of mind motivator is getting these things. So you'll still get money, you'll still get clients, but because your goal has now shifted from trying to the end all be all goal of everything is to get something from other people, get their money, get their business, get their following you know from whatever social media get them to follow you or whatever 
It's like, oh, I'm just doing this because I really love to do it. And I'm going to let my feelings be the guide in determining the actions I take. And if an action feels heavy or out of alignment or it doesn't feel good or right, then I'm not going to take that action. I'm not going to do that marketing technique. I'm not going to do that thing. And when you're not trying to get something from other people and you're just doing things for the love of it, you might rediscover your passion. And again, you'll still run your business. You'll still do your thing. You'll still earn money because ego, you believe you need to earn money. That's fine. But you just do it completely differently. Like imagine, for again, the business example, when you have, when you're really not doing anything truly, your more top of mind motivator is just to be of service and just do something you enjoy and help people and not to get something. How differently would you approach a like a call with a potential client. Someone books a consultation call. They're thinking of hiring you for your service. They want to work with you. So they're potentially someone that can give you what ego mind wants, which is money, a new client. But imagine again with this new motivation, this new frame of mind where you're not trying to get everything all the time. And whether or not they hire you, you truly don't care. Because if it's not them, someone else will. The money will come. Don't worry about it. How differently would you approach that call? How differently would you interact with that person? How differently would you feel knowing that you're not trying to get anything from them because you know you don't need them? It would almost be like with business, for example. It would almost be like a question would be like, if I was just doing this as a hobby, just something that felt good to me, what would that look like? What would I do? So imagine that you were talking to that person and you weren't, you didn't charge for your services. You weren't trying to get them to give you anything. If, it, if you weren't going to get any money from them, again, whether or not there's very low stakes there because it, you're not gaining or you're not losing anything by them not hiring you. Because, again, pretend like you weren't charging money. Again, how would that look differently? How would you approach that call? How would you deal with your consultation calls with potential clients when you're not trying to sell them on anything or convince them of anything? You're just like, this is what I do. And kind of take it or leave it, you know, and not in like a, a, a rude sort of like off, off standoffish kind of way, but just more again, when there's not, when we're not trying to get a result from something, our actions take on a very different flavor. So yeah, this idea of letting the outside world off the hook for your happiness, you'll actually enjoy the world a lot more. A lot of the things that you want will still probably come and they'll come a lot more easily when you're not really thinking about them all the time or trying to get them all the time. Or again, where everything is so high, these high stakes emotionally, like I need to get this or I'm going to be miserable. Think about, you know, all the things, again, like that question of what all the things I value in the external world, how is that causing me pain? Like I said before, the relationships with people is a good example. Thinking relationships are supposed to be a certain way. Families are supposed to be this way. Mothers are supposed to be this way. Siblings are supposed to be. Your children are supposed to be this way. Your husband's supposed to be this way. This is how a husband is or a child is. This is what they owe you. These are their obligations. This is how this dynamic is supposed to be. And where are you suffering? Imagine letting a lot of all of that go. And it's like it's nobody's job Nothing in the world, including the people in my life, my clients, my business, nothing, none of that. Again, the body stuff. So then the question becomes, well, how do I let the outside world off the hook? How do I more deeply internalize this idea that it's not the outside, that it is the inside? And this is obviously something I've talked about quite a bit and I, it bears repeating, right? 
we have to examine the stories. We have to examine the belief that is telling us that it is the outside. Why do I believe that my child is supposed to be a certain way? Why do I believe that my mom is supposed to be a certain way? Why do I believe I need a boyfriend? Why do I think I need to lose this weight? Why do I think it's what I look like matters and it's important? And I, ha and I should be upset that I don't look as good as I did when I was 22. Why? What is my story there? Because like I said before, if everything's coming from the mind and you feel badly about certain things in your life the way they are now, relationships, whatever it is, you feel badly that certain things in your life, you don't have certain things. Again, if it's if that's not coming from the actual circumstance, the actual person's behavior, the actual lack of whatever it is, and it's coming from your mind, we have to be willing to look at, okay, what's in my mind? It's not that I don't have a boyfriend. It's my story about why I don't have a boyfriend. It's my belief about why that's important and why I'm supposed to have one and why I should, why I want one. It's not how my sister treats me. It's my story about how she treats me. And my story contains all of these expectations and beliefs and ideas. And how she's acting is not lining up with that. And now I, I'm upset because I think things should be a different way. She should be a different way. It's not that she is being the way she is. It's that I believe she's supposed to be acting differently. And why do I believe that? What's my belief about family and why that matters? Why do I think it's important that I have a close relationship with whoever? Why does, and I, that pains me that I don't. Why do I think that matters? What do I believe that I think that's important? That justifies being upset that it's not the way I think it should be. What do I think I'm supposed to have or get or be or do or other people are supposed to be, have, do? And... They don't, so I'm upset. We have to be willing to look at these stories. And not only do we have to be willing to look at them, we have to be willing to let them go, right? Because discovering them is great, but then we have to be ask ourselves, okay, am I willing to let this story go? My mind believes that familial relationships are supposed to be a certain way. Is that actually true? I believe that my mother owes me this and that. Is that actually true? And we can decide, and like I've always said, we can decide whatever we want. We can, you know, for example, with family, someone might have a very strong belief that you're supposed to be close with your family because that's your family, right? So then uh, well, we're not close, so I'm, I'm going to be upset about that. That warrants my upset. Fine, right? We can decide whatever we want, but we have to accept the emotional consequences of believing these things that cause us pain because if it's the belief, then and we're not willing to change it, then the feelings that are coming from that belief, the, the root of the feeling is, is not being looked at or transformed in any way. So the feeling can't transform in any way. So like I always say, we could stick, we could stick to ego beliefs about things. Well, it does matter what I look, I should be upset about how I look because this society, all people care about is looks. And especially if you're a woman, people don't value you. And when you're older and you become invisible and they don't care, and it's like, okay, well, you could hold on to that belief, but as you continue to get older and change more, then you'll, right, we'll, we're still going to suffer. And, you know, obviously one of the hardest parts about this is a lot of the things that we believe, there's a lot of collective power behind those beliefs. And we might see a lot of evidence of those beliefs being true, 
and we take that evidence of what we see as like, well, see, that, that proves to me that belief is true. And then it's like, yeah, but it only appears to be true because a lot of people believe it. And there's a lot of power and there's a lot of manifestations of that belief being true in our collective experience. That's the only reason why it's true. Not because it appears to be true. Not because it's inherently true. So that's another thing you have to remind yourself of. Because a lot of the beliefs, like for example, the belief about people being valued less as they're older, you know. Their opinions don't matter as much. People are isn't interested. It's like, you know, they only care about young people and youthful and what they care, what they think, you know, they're, they, they're, they matter more. So we might look to the world and see a lot of evidence of that. And we'll be like, see, it's true. So I should be upset that I'm older. I should be upset about my aging. People don't take me seriously. They don't care. I'm invisible. Again, right, we'll see it, but it only appears to be true because collectively a lot of people believe it, not because it's inherently true. And there are plenty of people that don't believe these sorts of things and they don't have these sorts of experiences. But again, because they're kind of in the minority, we don't see the evidence of those beliefs as much collectively, right? Because collectively the, the egoic in almost every circumstance, collectively, the egoic thinking rules the day, right? So again, we see a lot of things that appear to be true, but that doesn't inherently make them true. That's the problem with egoic thinking, right? Egoic thinking bases its beliefs on what it observes. And because it's observing its belief system in action on a huge, massive scale, it gets a lot of evidence that what it thinks is true, right? But so there's something we have to remind ourselves of. A lot of things that appear to be true they only are true, appear to be true, because a lot of people believe them. So it plays out collectively and in your own life. It's not because it's actually true. So there has to be that willingness to explore the ideas and then make a genuine willingness to be like, I'm going to try not to think that way. Again, that one helpful reminder of a lot of things only appear to be true because massive amounts of people believe the same thing as me. So it plays out. Again, we see a lot of evidence of these beliefs in action because so many people believe them. And it permeates on a world, like a statewide, countrywide, culture-wide, humanity-wide level. So we have to be willing to explore the mind. And I know that we don't like doing this. We're like, I'd rather do anything, but that's why we're so focused on the outside. So I don't want to deal with what's happening inside. So I just want to focus externally. But a lot of you have seen, right? Focusing externally often doesn't give you the results you want, or if you get them, they're very hard won, but they don't really feel make you feel any better anyway. So it's like, what's the point? Um, it's it's more tempting to, to to focus on the outside from the egoic point of view. It's like, yeah, that seems you know preferable. I don't really want to look at what's happening inside, but if everything's coming from inside, it makes sense to look there. Because again, think about if you were to think about. Everything that's upsetting you right now, it's almost certainly it's all external to you. There are things, like the book said, anything you believe is good and valuable has the power to hurt you. Not because it could actually hurt you, but because of your belief that it's good and valuable. You you believe this kind of illusion that you think we think all these external things matter for our happiness. And it actually means something. It inherently means something to have a relationship or inherently means something to have a lot of money. It's an inherent good meaning to that. There's inherent value in these manifestations and these things, having these things. It's like, no. Imagine thinking like letting the outside world off the hook for your happiness. 
Imagine all the people right now you're holding responsible for all your negative feelings and letting them go, letting them off the hook for their past transgressions, what they're doing right now. Doesn't matter. You let them go. It's like, oh, that would feel good. I've been blaming my mom for 25 years about my whatever feelings. It's pretty exhausting. I can't change anything that she did. Feels good to let go of the idea that my familial, my family relationships need to be a certain way because they're just not, they probably never will be. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong. My beliefs about what these relationships are supposed to be like, they're just, they're erroneous beliefs. I don't need any of these people to be happy. I don't need these relationships to be any certain way. There are certain things I don't have right now. If I'm honest, a part of me still believes I kind of need them and I would feel better if I had them. But more and more, I know that that's not true. And when I have those moments where I'm really believing it's true, they actually don't feel as intense because a bigger part of me now knows that that thinking's erroneous in that moment. And I still might want these things. I'll still pursue my business. I still, you know, would prefer to get a relationship, maybe get married someday. But this uh, painful illusion, this painful belief I've been operating under, extremely painful belief that I need these things to be happy, that not having them inherently says all these terrible things about me as a person. Yeah, that's, I, yeah, I'd like to let all of that go. I'm starting to see now that all of that's not true. And like I said before, when we let all that stuff go is when a lot of these things can come in more easily because the energy we're in, the frame of mind we're in, when we let the outside world off the hook is very manifesting friendly. It's very clean and open and nice and buzzy and, and flowy. It's not when we're attached and focusing on what we don't have and lamenting everything and placing all this value on all these things and making all these things so precious and important. It's a lot of resistance there. A lot of barriers go up with that, that the emotional state all of that creates. It's not a manifesting friendly, if you will. So it all starts with, if the problem's in my mind, am I willing to go within my mind? And I get it. I'm a human. I've uncovered a lot of painful stuff that I've been looking at coming in from the side, you know, not looking at it head on because it was pretty painful. And I still find myself doing that occasionally with certain topics and certain things that arise. But ultimately, I've been pretty committed to really looking at what's in my mind and the stories so like I said before, when we realize the problems are mind and it's our thinking, we can commit to changing our thinking at any moment, which means we could start feeling better at any moment. And it doesn't mean that you might immediately let go of some belief you've been harboring for decades about something or valuing something so highly all your life and all of a sudden being like, yeah, it doesn't really matter. I don't care. That probably won't happen. But you can immediately start letting like shedding some of it immediately and the momentum that that belief holds, you could start stopping that momentum a little bit, weakening it, get things going in the other direction. Those grooves might be very deep right now, but if you really commit to making this choice continuously, because this choice about letting the outside world go, realizing the problem was in your mind, you know, this is not a one and done decision. We have to continually commit to this choice because we have that conditioning. We're constantly going to be observing things in our life and in the collective world that appear that these beliefs would appear to be very, very true and will challenge this new spirit thought system way of thinking. 
And we, again, and in those moments we have to keep, so like I say, this work is nothing more than conscious choice between these two thought systems, but it's a choice we have to keep making over and over and over again. We have to keep continuing, continuously committing to this choice. It's continual. It won't just be one time. But every time you make that choice, you build a momentum. And if you're committed to making that choice, you've already succeeded because you've already done the only thing that's required of you. So imagine that, letting the outside world off the hook. Like the book said, anything in this world that you believe is good and valuable and worth striving for can hurt you and will do so. Not because it has the power to hurt, but just because you have denied it is but an illusion and made it real. So this illusory, this illusory thinking of that any of these external goals and achievements and things you acquire, how you look, what your body looks like, what your face looks like, these different relationships, thinking that they mean anything at all, it causes us a lot of pain. Like I said before, if you were to think about everything you're upset about in your life right now, I guarantee it's something in the external world. You're upset about your body, you're upset about your appearance changing, you're upset about money, you're upset about the relationships in your life that aren't the way you want them to be, you're upset that your kid's making, you think your kid's making a bad decision and you're all caught up in their life and what they're doing, you're upset about your professional life and where you are, it's, it's a guarantee, right, it's going to be something outside of you because that's where your mind thinks all the problems are, that's where your mind thinks all the solutions lie, so it's always going to be something external. Something isn't the way you think it should be. You're upset about some unmet expectation. It's something outside of you. So imagine there's teachings telling you that it's not outside of you. When you think all of your problems are external and then a teaching, these teachings come along and try to tell you, though, that's not your problem. That's a pretty welcome. To me, that's a pretty welcome insight because it's like my whole life I've been thinking the outside world is my problem. And thinking the outside world is my problem not only is that core idea causing me a lot of suffering, but all the suffering I've added on in, in pursuit of trying to change all of that, sometimes not very successfully. Or even when it was successful, I didn't actually feel any better anyway. So that doesn't feel good either. When you actually get what you want and then you still don't feel any better, it's quite a letdown. So yeah, think about that today. Imagine letting the outside world off the hook for your happiness. Imagine all the things that you value as so dear and important and precious. Think about all the pain that's causing you and imagine a point of view that would tell you you don't need to value any of those things because they don't mean anything inherently. They can't make you happy. The lack of certain things says nothing about you as a person. This idea that you're lacking something external, something material, is some sort of lack in yourself, that's, that's not true, right? So yeah, think about that today. Hope you guys enjoyed this. Have a great day or night. And for more content, products, and info about my coaching, head on over to livelifemadetoorder.com. Bye-bye.